Welcome uh, to Dragon Talk. I'm Greg Tito, and I'm joined by... Shelly Mazanoble. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Fancy meeting you over there. I can't believe it. I, I didn't know, even know we worked together. It's, nope. It's haven't crazy. seen you. Only here in this context. Do you work each other. here? No. Oh. But you with just... your black shirt and uh, uh, black hair, blending you're blending into in the, the background. I was a floating head today when I was talking to Tovar, actually. Now you are again. Look at that. I'm just a head If today. you squint your eyes... Um, we uh, love everything Dungeons and Dragons related on this podcast, don't we? We do. Don't <laughs> say that so threatening. <laughs> challenging don't me. We? <laughs> uh, and that's why we have Ghosts of Saltmarsh copies right here in front of us. Yay. Uh, they are smelling like new printed books on paper, not mm-hmm. low tide, which no. I think is a miss. I think they should have some like smell of vision. A little. Like uh, oceany fish smell. Yeah. Like, why didn't we put? I mean, there's so much other care and and effort put into creating these books. Why didn't we put like one of those smelling little, perfume things? But instead of it smelling like oil. Draco Noir, it smells like uh, uh, like suntan lotion. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that would have been perfect. Pina coladas. If you can you, do that. I mean, I had scratch and sniff books. You could just pour pina coladas all over this I book. I will take your salt marsh copy and personally pour a pina colada over every one of them. If you like pina coladas or Getting uh, so who again? The rain with a sahooligan, <laughs> like on the cover of this book, yeah. where there's rain coming down. Yeah, yeah, that that song fits. It totally does. It totally does. Yeah, very D and D song. <laughs> it's extremely About a very splitting D&D. the party, it's but then like, getting them back together. Yeah, and then putting it out on in the paper and just being like, "Oh man, I did want to play with that group the whole time." There will be people now that will hear that song and be like, "I don't understand any of it because." Of the whole concept of putting in a personal ad right. in a newspaper? They should have said like Match.com or something like that. He should have had the foresight in the 70s. <laughs> foresight. I'm glad. Is that? I thought you said we're going to say honey. something else. <laughs> honey. <laughs> uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh comes out on May 21st. Uh, you'll be able to get it everywhere. Everywhere. On that one date. We have one release date going forward, ladies and gentlemen, and I am very excited about that because uh, I don't have to memorize two dates. I know. Or do math. I hate math. Days. I know. It's no bueno. Uh, so you can get uh, this cover, uh, which is the standard cover that has uh, a painting of the Kraken uh, in front of it everywhere. Kraken. Uh, and then there is a special alternate cover that uh, is in front of uh, Shelly of a Sahuagin snarling it's got a scuff-free it's cover. Gorgeous. It's gorge. Gorge. It really looks like you are looking at it from underwater. Right. Uh, and as uh, Shelley pointed out earlier, it's got like a nice stylized uh, bit of artwork by NC Winters that includes uh, a little window for the barcode. So clever. Yeah, right? It, yes. It makes it smart. That is available only in game stores on May 21st. You can only grab it there. So if you would like that cover, make sure you tell your friendly local game store and let them know. Tell them now. So that they so don't they run order out. It for you. There's a limited amount. It's it's part of the deal. Yep. Uh, very exciting. Uh, right before uh, May 21st is D&D Live. May 17th, like, 18th, and 19th. Literally right before. Yeah, the weekend before. We will be announcing the brand new Dungeons & Dragons adventure uh, for this year. The whole storyline. It's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, yes. We're going to be talking about it um, starting on Friday, the 17th. That's where you'll know everything. Uh, it will be broadcast live here from twitch.tv slash dnd, as well as many other platforms. You can go to find out all about that, as well as the groups that are coming to that event 
at dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019. Right? Yes. Or you can just go to dungeonsanddragons.com and it'll be on the front page and you can check it all out there. Folks, there are only a few badges left. Probably by the time you listen to this in podcast form, they're going to be gone. Uh, so those lucky people who are there physically for the event in Los Angeles will be able to play Dungeons & Dragons okay. in a large D&D epic. Um, that means 20 tables of people playing Dungeons & Dragons all in the same room, all for the same kind of meta goal uh, with things that are affecting each table having uh, effect on the tables around them as well as decisions made for the entire room that will affect what's happening. So when is that? That is going to be on Saturday and okay. Sunday. There's three sessions total. Okay. Uh, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. So if you if you do have a badge and you haven't signed up for your, your epic slot, do so now. Okay. I know... We're using a podcast that talks to tens of thousands of people to talk to the you know you know two hundred people or so that have uh, purchased badges. But if you haven't, go ahead and do that now. Um, that's exciting. Big difference from last year's event. Nobody yeah. was able to actually play Dungeons and Dragons that attended. You so just keep adding, keep and adding, adding stuff on. I know. Adding. Uh, we're gonna have four mini studios uh, mm-hmm. set up. So while that D and D epic is being played in one area and another area. Four studios will be broadcasting live simultaneously in all kinds of different channels. That's uh, crazy. D&D content uh, from there, one of which is going to be all uh, podcasts or podcast creators. They'll be streaming some video live, but they will be recording it using microphones. Whoa. Uh, all audio uh, for their podcast. And our guest on this show will be in one of those podcasts. Yay! Eugenio Vargas will be uh, on later to talk all about uh, his podcast, The Last Refuge, as well as uh, he, the anticipation of what's going to happen at D&D Live and maybe the FOMO that you and him have uh, shared yep. on the Twitterverse. You bonded over it. That's right. Yep. I've always wanted to go to one of these events. Now you get Never to go. Never got to go. Yeah. I like it. I like that you're you're we're, we're going in. We're going to be doing some dragon talk from one of those mini studios uh, yeah. on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, talking to a lot of our uh, friends and partners uh, who are going to be there. Um, because that's the other thing: people will be able to buy stuff from our partners. We have fourteen uh, listed. Uh, actually, more than that, 15 that will be really? uh, uh, on display doing stuff uh, at the event. Uh, check those all out at the web page I mentioned earlier. Uh, but there'll be uh, many of them in costume, maybe them having story bits to give to fans as well as physical items that they will be able to, uh, you know, sell to you. And, uh, you know, you won't be able to get those items anywhere. A lot of them are making exclusives just for this event. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, right? Yes. Plus, there's going to be cosplay galore happening. Uh, by some of the most professional, well-made cosplayers in the Los Angeles area. And they're going to be doing a kind of a story-based um, performance that attendees can go and experience and uh, uh, you know interact with some, some named characters from the adventure that we're <gasps> announcing. That's so cool. And if everyone goes through the entire you know, uh, a bit, a quest, complete it all, there's a very special piece of loot that people will get. Wow. Uh, that is going to be exclusive to the event. Well, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. What are the reasons you're excited? Well, I'm just excited to see everyone and meet a lot of people that I haven't got a chance, had a chance to meet. I've only, they're like online friends. So excited about that. But also, there are two things that will be revealed that I'm working on. Oh, really? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, you did. I know, I'm trying to play here. Yeah, you did. We just talked about it today, Tito. Oh, we do work oh, I together. Mean, no, you didn't know. 
I uh, am excited as well. I okay. wanna, and now I'm, I'm trying to be like, how, what are you going to say? What Nothing. Are you do? That's all I'm going to say. You just wanted to tease that out there? Yeah, I'm just excited to tell people. Yeah. I think it should be three things that you're working on. No, I can't. Four do. things. Okay. All of the oh. things that you're working on. I'll give you three. <laughs> can't give you the fourth. I'll raise you a fourth. Oh my God, I really want to. Yeah, just do it. Oh, man, that's going to be good. But it's it's very exciting, yes. It is, but the, the two that we will... Yeah. About. Are you going to relive it, uh, reveal it at uh, on the main stage? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's up to you. I don't even know if I am. I'm I just think saying, you are. like, oh, I Let's am. Let's do it. Let's. I decided right now. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening, she just mugged for the camera uh, with a grimace. Was that a grimace or was that a snarl or was that a happy smile? Uh, There's so many emotions. Yep. I could tell that you were trained as an actor because uh, I can see the, the full range of, of excitement, yes, sorrow, uh, uh, trepidation. In one grimace. Gosh, that was huge. Yeah. How I'm come you don't have an Oscar trained. or an Emmy or an entire EGOT? You know, I just decided I, I wanted to pursue other things. I just wanted to talk like to you brand management. on a microphone <laughs> <laughs> for an hour a week. It's kind of the same. I like it. One day we might win a potty. <laughs> <laughs> I win one of those uh, every 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 day. Every hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I just won, you guys. Hey. hey. Okay, good job, Greg. Great. There he goes. <laughs> I'm sure there are podcast awards out there, but they're not called that. <laughs> well, they should be. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Those of you, uh, brand management is uh, consulting is something Shelly can do. <laughs> Do you if need help naming if, something? <laughs> Welcome to the potty award. Everyone wants potty. <laughs> you want potty? What I got you I potty. What did I ask you today? And you were like, oh, oh, about assets. Yeah, <laughs> you put the accent. It's <laughs> like, I need you to tell me about the assets that <laughs> we were going to need for this event. <laughs> That she's going to be announcing. We did talk about it. We did. Yeah. We actually did. I know. We are forced to work together now. <laughs> Against our will. Against. Uh, and we should just start scheduling meetings for this podcast so that people can see how the, uh, the sausage is made. Like we do anyway with these, uh, with these Twitch live things. Okay. That's uh, what we need. More live streaming. We need more live streaming. Uh, speaking of uh, how uh, D&D content gets created... Uh, let's talk to Mr. Chris Perkins uh, about some fun lore. Okay. What do you think? You want me? You want to throw it to that segment with some? We haven't done a bang in our bong in a while. Picking it up so I can throw it. <laughs> bing. Bong. <laughs> bing. Welcome to another Lore You Should Know segment. That's where me, Greg Tito, speaks to Chris Perkins. Hello. About uh, little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore that you can use in your game or just uh, to, to impress people at parties. Yes. Uh, D&D parties, of course. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Dark Eight. <gasps> Not to be confused with the Light Seven. Or the Circle of Eight. Or the Circle of Eight. Or any right. other numbered, uh, colorful... Uh, right. Groups yes. out there, yes. Uh, but what is the Dark Eight? They're the spooky eight. Um, <laughs> the the dark. Okay, so we have talked in the past about the Nine Hells. Yes, and we have talked about at least touched on the Lords of the Nine Hells. 
that is to say, nine hells has nine layers. Doot, 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 doot. Each one has an archdevil sort of lording over it mm-hmm. with uh, the head honcho, Asmodeus, or Asmodeus, if you prefer. Um, Both pronunciations are acceptable. Exactly. Uh, hanging out at the bottom on the ninth layer. Yes. So the Dark Eight are another power group in the nine hells. Oh. And they are all pit fiends, mm-hmm. and they are the generals in charge of presiding over the blood war. Oh, okay. And, and dealing with all things related to the blood war. And for those who don't know, the blood war is this everlasting conflict between evil forces of devils and demons that rages across the lower plains and spills out all over the place. It's very messy. Mm-hmm. It's been going on a long time. Asmodeus has basically entrusted these eight generals to oversee that battle and to keep the demons at bay, drive them away from the nine hells, and also establish, you know, um, uh, uh, camps and pockets of authority authority uh, throughout the lower plains, but mainly mainly on hell. And these are these are like the five star generals. Right. So there are other generals in the Nine Hells, but these are the, these are the eight five-stars who get together and say, this is how we're going to win the blood war. And do they have councils and they meetings? They do, yes. They meet four times a year in Malshim, which is the citadel palace of Asmodeus, uh, to basically update Asmodeus on the state of the blood war and also provide solutions or uh, what their battle plans are going to be. And then if Asmodeus gives the thumbs up, off they go to orchestrate those plans. And uh, I don't know why it's four times a year. Do they even have years? Not, not technically, no. In there, there are no, well, years in hell probably feel So they like have they their quarterly conversations and they, have, and exactly. they get reports. And right, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that's mostly from our perspective is in relative time, it seems like they get together four times a year. They but do it, their earnings reports. And exactly. <laughs> And so uh, they're all sort of um, similar in power level because they are basically all the same. They're pit fiends. Right. But they are, in some respects, they have as much power as the archdevils do. Archdevils are concerned about their own layers and protecting and preserving the nature of their layers. Yeah. And they're very politically minded, but they're not necessarily tactically you know, military-minded. I see. So what Asmodeus needs to win the blood war are sharpest military minds, and he's picked out these uh, eight pit fiends to do that. And where, I mean, where, where is the front of the blood war? I mean, you mentioned it goes spills out in other places. It does spill out in every place, but where it's often fought the most is on the first layer of the Nine Hells, okay. which is Avernus. Because what happens is there is a, a thread that weaves through the lower plains known as the River Styx, and demons will use that as a channel to get from the abyss into other lower planes, including the Nine Hells. Mm-hmm. So if demons are going to attack the Nine Hells, that's where they're going to come out, um, of, the, of the river sticks on the first layer. Got it. And, um, the, and so... But are there pit fiends, I mean, are they mostly in hell, or do they go to, say, you know, other, other planes that are not hell or the abyss? The five stars, the, the Dark Eight, will basically stay in hell. Okay. Um, because they have to update the boss. But they could be and, on any layer, really. Right, yeah. They, they, move, they move around on every layer. In fact, they spend most of their time on the first layer, of, uh, on Avernus, mm-hmm. um, keeping an eye on the, the ebb and flow of demons coming out of the, of the river sticks. I see. And modifying their plans accordingly. Do they ever and, take the offensive and go to the, the abyss? Yeah. 
They do. Uh, not personally, generally, mm-hmm. but they do send sorties and forces and legions out as opportunities allow, if they think they can actually gain a foothold there uh, for any length of time. Now, occasionally, um, the archdevil ruler of Avernus can't really do much about that. Mm. The, the Dark Eight pretty much have autonomy okay. um, because they don't report to anybody other than Asmodeus. I see. And so if they show up and start commanding, moving legions around on Avernus, the Archduke of Avernus kind of has to soak it up. That hasn't always, that's almost never a problem because, you know, you want your top tactical minds helping you defend the layer that you've been charged with protecting. Right. Uh, and in fact, other certain um, overlords of Avernus have had good relations with the Dark Eight. Bell, particularly, mm-hmm. is well regarded by the generals of the Dark Eight. He because, was a pit fiend at one point, yeah, right? Yeah, and he is also a very sharp tactical mind. In fact, he's, he's widely regarded as the, um, the most military, the, the most gifted military mastermind in hell. Hmm. Um, to this day, because he's still, he, he's still, even yeah. though he's no longer an archduke, he's still. Well, he he still technically has archduke status. He's just not the ruler of the plane anymore. Oh, I he see. Got, he got, um, so it turns out having a keen military mind isn't necessarily the most important thing to running a a layer. I see. And Asmodeus has been known to remove people um, from their positions of rulership for reasons that they that have nothing to do with skill um, or talent. Do the Dark Eight have names? Are they names, characters? They are. Uh, they've had a number of names. Um, occasionally, if one of them gets killed off somehow, uh, an accident on a front line, getting too close to battle or whatever, it might be replaced. But they've, they've been around pretty steadily for a long time. Um, one of them is named uh, Baalzephon. Another is named um, Zimimar. I'm trying to remember them all. Zabos. Uh, there's uh, one that's named Fercus and one that's named Corin. We introduce an, we're going to be introducing a new one, I hope, in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, mostly that, mostly because they have a really cool bitch and piece of art for it. <laughs> They've yeah. been kicked out, but or, or, or killed, and there's, there's a right. replacement yeah. for yeah. the Dark Age. Yeah, another one sort of come up through the ranks. Right. Plus, one of the things we like to show, um, canonically speaking, over time is the the idea of promotion. Hell is all about getting promoted up through the ranks. Right. Devil's getting and promoted having an all order the time. Of like, here's the exactly. Order. So, um, just as we've done with the archdukes and occasionally shaken them up a bit, it's like, okay, well, you know, Bell is no longer in. Zariel, Zariel's in. Bell's out. Yeah. Um, before that, you know, maybe Tiamat. You know, back the first edition, Tiamat used to be the ruler of the first layer of the nine hells. Right. There's always seems to be a shakeup going on, and part and part of just making it seem like a real place. Where, it, where promotion actually manifests. We occasionally like to shake things up. So um, if we get a chance in the future, we'll probably shake up the Dark Eight a little bit. Keep most of them around, but maybe replace one or two. I always like that too because it feels reminiscent of Greek gods and Greek stories like that mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, there were the Titans and yes. those were overthrown and now there's the, you know, the, yeah. the Olympian gods and things like that. There's that idea of like mm-hmm. it's... You can, you can think of a pantheon, but the, it's always ever-changing right. and shifting yes. based on the stories yes. that are told. And what we usually do is we usually try to go dive back into lore and find out who are some devils, sort of up-and-comers, <laughs> uh, that we can promote. Um, like one of the ones I was looking 40 at. 40 under 40. Exactly, yeah. One of the ones I was looking at was an ice, an ice devil, I think, who was introduced back in a drag. So a lot of the formate, formative stuff about uh, the Dark Eight 
The Dark Eight, I think, came into existence with the second edition product Guide to Hell Mm. by Chris Premis. Um, But before then, Ed Greenwood and Gary Gygax had written numerous articles about the power structures and politics of the Nine Hells in Dragon Magazine. And they listed out scores, scores of devils Mm. and gave them personalities and little bits and bobs of information about them. And so one of the ones I got my eye on is... uh, Meritos. He's a, he was an ice devil back in first edition. I'm thinking he deserves a promotion. Nice devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> He's going to get promoted. I like that. Yeah. I like, I like that there's a roster. And then right. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. How could yeah. – yeah, oh, this one's got some promise. We'll so, see how yeah. he does. So if, if you're dealing with anything related to the blood war, chances are that if the devils are involved, the dark eight are going to be mentioned or name dropped or show up at some point. Makes sense. Um, and uh, I, I know I asked this, but like, you know, are, are, is it possible for uh, dungeon masters to have some of these dark gate happen? You know, say like uh, a scenario like Out of the Abyss, where uh, demons were uh, Just attacking the Forgotten realms, into the realms. Right? Yeah. Would there be a pit fiend, uh, one of these dark gate generals, that could perhaps? be swayed to be on the you know yeah. the player character's side just to fight off the, this demon incursion. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, if nothing else devils are pragmatists and if they if there's a greater threat uh, they will auto, they will easily come to some deal or arrangement. Now it might be a little more costly than you think it is. Yes, as it always is. Yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, they're they're happy to do so. Um, um, pit fiends are high, are super intelligent creatures. And so any opportunity to get any sort of advancement or to look good in the eyes of their bosses mm-hmm. will be seized upon instantly. Um, and they're quite happy to put aside any philosophical differences just to, to get the job done. And get the, the uh, star uh, Yeah, right, yeah. Their, their focus, as, as keen military minds, their focus is on winning the war. Mm-hmm. And whatever it takes, that's okay. And that's a pretty, uh, uh, I like that commentary yeah. on war in general. Exactly. There. And that's when the blood war does spill over to the material plane, which it does on occasion, it's not out of the ordinary for a, say, a member of the Dark Eight or a similarly highly powerful pit fiend to show up and offer, say, a king advice, mm. not for free, but advice on how to quell the threat. Yeah. And... Perhaps make a deal yes. with that. With and that a king leader. looking at the difference between rampaging demons, you know, tearing down the kingdom, and you know, maybe negotiating a sweet deal with one pit fiend who means him no harm is yeah. a good deal. You know, pit fiends. Yeah, they could be your friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And thus, the seeds of right. future calamity are sown. That's a really interesting idea of like, what? How far would you be willing to go? Would you right. make, Would you make a deal with a devil in order yeah. to save your town? Exactly. Right. Is that the lesser of two evils? Right. But. And then what are the consequences of that yeah. action yeah. years to come? Right. Yeah. Um, this, there have been in D&D canon um, some deals like that made. Yeah. Um, probably the best known one is the deal that Thavius Krieg of Baldur's Gate made, mm. um, which I'm sure we can talk about in a future podcast. That's, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll delve into that for sure. Yeah. Um, any other kind of a ways to use these Dark Gate uh, characters in... Uh, you know, uh, campaigns now? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, so you could use, I like to think of them, so uh, I grew up watching like James Bond movies and Star Trek <laughs> a lot. And one of the things you uh, sort of pick up after watching a bunch of those is that there's a lot of corrupt generals and admirals. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, I was thinking about World War II movies too. Yeah. Like there just feels like there's a lot of like self-serving yeah, things that exactly. over the course of So the, for for some reason for some reason in stories there's always the story about the the general who's gone bad or the admiral who's up to yeah. no good or things like that. Uh, that kind of that kind of story could easily be mirrored in a D&D adventure where say um, you're in a campaign and there's some evil force or cult that's running weapons like uh, arming people with weapons or something like that, gun running or the equivalent of gun running, but in a medieval sense. Yeah. uh, Trying to control uh, weaponry to start or foment a war. Having a member of the Dark Eight basically be the power behind that, the one who's orchestrating that, could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And they might be doing it without the knowledge of the other members of the Dark Eight, Mm. acting independently to sort of push their own, um, to, to score an easy win. Get a feather in their cap. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a few souls to boot. Yeah. So uh, you could easily do that. Um, the idea of the the generals thinking that, oh, this this plane, this material plane that we're on, this planet that we're on, might be the future site of a, of a blood war incursion. So we're going to make some inroads here and start to prepare to turn this into a battlefield. And mm. so they might go there to scope it out, to... Um, uh, organize cults in the area to help them uh, prepare for what's going to be a very gnarly battle. Do do pit fiends? Uh, what, what do they look like? What, what would what would each of these characters look like? Oh uh, well, pit fiends are big, scary, hulking, brutish, horned fiends with big wings and huge, smashy weapons that usually are light lit on fire. But each uh, of them look a little bit different. Uh, each of the dark eight would look would appear different, or would they. So there there similar? is some variability. Uh, with devils in terms of their appearance that while there's a certain type, they have a kind of a... A body shape. A body shape or a silhouette, if you were, um, if you will. There, You can have some variety. Like, this guy's got a bit of a broken horn or he's got more horns than normal or his color or her color or its color, I guess. It's is probably a better term <laughs> for a pit fiend. They're kind of genderless. Yeah. And um, its color might be different. Um, they're they're covered in probably different yeah yeah and purplish so, yeah to red to, yeah. to um, orangish uh, I have a I have a piece of art on my computer that has a pit fiend with with white oh white white uh, flesh and white wings it's really quite shocking interesting right, yeah because you do think of it almost as being these reds and oranges right they're but, typically reds and oranges or browns yeah uh, but they can be off color they can have all kinds of extra elements to them they can also have fur mm. or not. Wings, um, yeah, wings with holes exactly. in them, exactly. Yeah, claws on the end, right? Of the wings, yeah, kind of you can even get weirder and say, "Well, this guy's got you know six arms." Yeah, fiends are uh, just meant to be manifestations of evil incarnate, mm-hmm. and you know that means you have playground of possibilities. So do and then so in in the scenario you were saying about uh, uh, them scoping out in the material plane, could they disguise themselves to look human? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, pit fiends can they can ha- they have they have a prescribed set of spell like abilities, but also pit fiends can have unique abilities. Like Bell, for instance, has a number of unique spell casting abilities, and that's part of the reason why he's super powerful. Um, so they can easily assume benign, benevolent forms right through an altar self. Exactly, or yeah. yeah. The 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 court jester might in fact be a pit fiend. Right, one of these dark eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or a general that's like, hey, I'll come and help you out because right. I'm a general and yes. By the way, 
this, these men or, can help you, know, you out too, but then they're all Yeah, and given the nature of hell, there's always people gunning for the Dark Eight's jobs. So it could be another pit fiend who thinks Trying that by, by basically saving this kingdom and defeating the blood war on the Prime Material Plane, I'll get on Asmodeus' radar and become one of his five-star generals. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that kind of uh, uh, deception. Exactly. Can, can, can deception be. is their forte, and power plays are there. To sign the contract. Dessert. Yeah. 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 It's really simple. I'll help you defend your kingdom. All it takes is I need you to sign this contract. I like that. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, very exciting. Uh, if people want to um, sign, uh, you know, offer their services to you as, as a, as a uh, general. As, as a future uh, pit fiend general. How can they get in touch with you? I am on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Excellent. Uh, all right, well, looking forward to talking to you about more lore in the future. Lore. Lore. And data. And data. <laughs> hey, nice Star Trek reference. That's right. Uh, see, I loved uh, hearing that from Chris Perkins. Wasn't that great? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I feel Amazing like work. As I usual. know about three more things than I did uh, since before I listened to well, that good. segment. Because it's stuff you should know. Lore. Mm-mm. You should know. That's the wrong branding. No, Oops. that's that, yeah, it's lore. I forgot that it's actually lore. That you is should know. A thing. Uh, we were going to call it data. You should know, but then people would have thought that was a Star Trek podcast. I yeah. went to the Goonies with that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Or like accounting. <laughs> accounting. You should business know. analysis. Uh, business intelligence. That does sound like a uh, data. You da- should know. Right. I feel like there's mandatory meetings that have used that exact phrase. Yeah. I don't yep. want to go to those. I don't want to go to those meetings either. Uh, but the meeting I do want to go to mm-hmm. is with Eugenio Vargas. Me too. Let's make that meeting happen. Let's do it now. Send the meeting planner. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, we are here with Eugenio Vargas. Vargas. Woo! Yeah. Yay. He's got the jazzy hands. Uh, jazzy hands. <laughs> as Dungeon Master Jazzy Hands. Uh, how are you? I'm so good. How are you two? So good. Yeah. Looking really forward to chatting with you. Me too. Okay, but hold on. I feel like I have to I have to straighten something out right away. Get to it. Which is that oh. I was not saying that I'm not coming to LA. Okay. Nor was I saying that I hate Shelly. Right? Because those were two was, rumors that happened. I was simply saying that we don't have to have our hashtag not going party anymore. Oh which, as you've already said, right. how we bonded. That is how we bonded. Uh, hashtag how we not can going. bond in real life. So I just want to be super clear. <laughs> I will be there. So the hashtag okay. not going. So you're not mad at me. I interpret it as being, Saying oh no, he's, he's not, not going. going. <laughs> I know. And I, then I wasn't like I turned to a different window and all I could hear was Greg go, oh no, he's not going. And I was like, wait, no, back pedal. He's like, I, you've just been disinvited. <laughs> Greg does not like humor. <laughs> <laughs> know your audience. You got to know who is reading the chats at any given moment and who can yeah, clearly. Who can miss it. See how easy rumors can start. It's just like that on so, the, the turn of a dime. So I'm so well, glad are you are going to be at yes, D&D Live I, I feel like I sort of jumped ahead in this interview, but like that had to get cleared up. No, I <laughs> think that's because I really was first wondering first. why you were mad at me. He told no, me No, I'm not mad, mad at, at you. Me. You're the best. <laughs> There's, we lift each other up Whew. here on the Dragon right. Talk. That's right. All right. Lift you up. Uh, and now you're elevated too. Yes. Uh, and you're also going to give uh, singing lessons to me and Shelly, right? Oh, Good yes. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't. Like a I couldn't. I'm tone deaf. I bet you could. You're tone I deaf. I bet you're not. I mean, I'm 
beyond tone deaf. Beyond there tone are deaf. there are not many people in the universe that are truly tone deaf. We talked about Do this. Really I think it, it is. I think I'm one of them. I, and I'm the other. So <laughs> <laughs> found them. there I are found two them people in the so universe. Easy. Lift you up. We. I can. If if I know the song, I can usually kind of hit the things. But I, I'm not the type of person who'd be like, "Hey, what's a you know reading an A and being like sing that or like can you match that from someone else's." Just singing, I'm like, no, I can't. I don't know. I, know. I think I'm matching it. Also, it's my wife Erin who's basically like, you suck and okay. are terrible well, at singing. So that's mostly why I'm getting this. I adore Erin, but I feel like she might be biased about this particular <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much true. Anytime that <laughs> she can cut me down a peg. That there were certain <laughs> noises that bothered you before we started recording. <laughs> don't talk about it. That wasn't I'm even not on the what. That wasn't even on the streaming portion of I'm the, not the, saying what the, the banter. Were, yeah. But. You know, no bueno. There, there could be some bias. <laughs> I don't okay. want her eating anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> some oh, people no. have separate rooms. The Tito's have separate kitchens. Separate dining <laughs> dining areas. He's like, can I go into my cone of silence? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Yes, right. I'm gonna especially get a she with shed. salad. Salad's the worst culprit oh. of it all. Salad. Yeah, because there's these huge oh, like the leaves. She doesn't believe in. in cu- We're totally getting off topic here. But that's like okay. cutting up now little dragon talk. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to eat salad because I'm just gonna think about how noisy I'm being. Thanks, Greg. Wait, is it the noise? Do you of put the an salad? entire head of lettuce in your mouth? I do. God. With each bite. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> then you're so fine. I'll give you singing lessons if Shelly does that when we're in LA. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> done and done. Just another day for me. Um, so uh, you are the, for people who don't know who you are. Oh, yeah. You are yeah, Dungeon Master should... Jazzy Hands. DM Jazzy Hands. DM right. That's that's yes. Yeah, I so. never say it all out. It's kind of fun to listen to. Though say it again. Dungeon Master Jazzy Hands. <laughs> there it is. Oh, it's Jazzy. It is. Um, for uh, for the last Refuge podcast. Right? Yeah. So, uh, as yeah, well like as many said, other I projects. Over. I know. Quite busy. Yeah. Yeah. I am busy this summer. Uh, we'll get to all those, but the the last refuge is is my baby. Um, yes, I am the friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands on the Last Refuge. Uh, me along with four of my friends that used to all live in New York, uh, where I am, but now we've sort of spread out across the country, so we record apart now. Uh, but we've been going for gosh, it'll be two years in July that wow. we've been doing the podcast. Two years, really. Yeah, haven't missed a week yet. We are super proud of that. Oh my god! Yeah, that is super dedicated. Uh, which has it is, and I'm like, I know a couple of them are in the chat right now. Um, I'm so grateful to them for like putting up with all kinds of scheduling nonsense because obviously, like sort of as Greg mentioned, I'm I travel around uh, as a as a theater artist, and one of the other characters on the show, Alex, who plays Flick, is also an actor. So the two of us are sort of all over the place all the time, but we have always made it work. We always record. We haven't missed a week to release an episode yet. So I love that. I, I love that there's some that. kind of continuity in 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 your friendships and your and your gaming together. Yep. That's really good. Yeah. It's been really good. And it's been a great way for like the five of us to stay connected no matter where we all are. And you know, like I said, we all started in New York and a couple of uh, a couple of the ladies moved to California not too long after we started. So it was a good way to make sure that we didn't lose touch. Um, but yes, we've been going for for two years. It's the story of three Azamar and a tiefling who are sent to a new world. Uh, they don't remember why they were sent there when the show starts uh, in season one. They eventually uh, figure out that they were sent there on a divine mission. Uh, the trick, though, is that only one of them really cares about anything about the god that sent them on this mission. Uh, and so they are sort of bumbling their way through, meeting kobolds and uh, orcs and yuan and trying to accomplish this deific mission without uh, stomping all over the 
uh, indigenous peoples of this world. So it's kind of like Highway to Heaven if... (laughs) Touched by an angel. Touched by an angel and uh, uh, Buffy rolled into one. Memento. Oh my God, yes. I'm going to quote you. (laughs) Our marketing text. There you go. You can have that blurb. I appreciate it. (laughs) So how did your group all start playing together? Uh, So that's sort of my origin story too. So I, I started playing uh, mere months before 5th edition was released. So I've been playing that long. It's about five years now. Um, and I started you playing with a group that was playing... You didn't sorry? play any Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing games before that? No. Wow. I mean, I have video game role-playing games, uh, RPGs like Zelda and, and Final Fantasy. But no, I hadn't done any tabletop stuff. Interesting. I'd wanted to for a long time. And my roommate at the time and I... Uh, decided that we wanted to join a group. So I found some friends that played. We joined their 3.5 game. And uh, a few months after that, Taryn, who plays Bria on my show, uh, saw me looking through a 3.5 player's handbook to like do some character work while we were at a rehearsal together. And she was like, oh my God, is that Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> and I said, yes. Uh, and so she told me about a group of her friends that she wanted to get together to play, but they didn't have anyone to run the game. None of them had ever played either. So I said, well, cool. The fifth edition starter set is about to come out. So we'll get that and run that and see what, how it goes. So that founded my original group. Uh, that group of adventures is still adventuring. They're like 15th or 16th level now. They're oh, known wow. as the Fellowship of the Toe. Uh, but so from that group, uh, most of the cast of, of the podcast is from that original group. Um, we added one uh, brand new player who we played one game with her before we started recording. And then basically she learned on air with us. That's Karen. She plays Kit. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's how we all sort of got together. We'd all known each, most of us had known each other through other things for a long time. But Are did- you all theater people? Uh, no, most of us are. So Alex and I, Alex plays Flick. Alex and I are both actors, uh, and I'm also a music director. Karen, who plays Kit, works in theater administration. She works for a really awesome not-for-profit um, that develops new musicals. And Taryn, who plays Bria, uh, is a director. Uh, she does other things, but she is a director. Lydia, though, that plays Bizdira, is a uh, an, an appreciative audience member. Cool. <laughs> A, a lover of the theater arts. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Spectator. That's yeah. awesome. Um, why did you go with uh, Azamar and a tiefling? What, was that from the players or was that from you? Uh, it was mostly from me. I, I had the idea and I ran it by them uh, and they thought it was a cool idea. Um, I The story is sort of that the three the three ladies play the three Azamar uh, and they are all daughters of this particular angel uh, who serves Denier. And the, he's the one that sent them on this mission. Uh, but I wanted something different uh, because for Alex, uh, who plays Flick. And so it sort of seemed to be a fun idea to do the polar opposite of the Azamar, which was a tiefling. And they actually have the uh, spoilers, if you're listening to the show, uh, <laughs> the three ladies have a fourth sister. And Flick has three tiefling uh, brothers and sisters and they play a somewhat right now behind the screen off camera role in the story, but they may or may not play a, a more on camera role in the coming weeks and months. Oh wow! You're you're you're. Uh, hopefully, the folks in the chat aren't learning new information with <laughs> I, this. They are. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I could see your trepidation as you were saying it. Like, you're like, oh no! I say without ruining anything too much. Yeah. Dun dun dun. But the players know that. Now they do. 
Or did they? Uh, they well, they knew about the siblings okay. and they knew that they were playing like a, an off-camera role. I, they didn't really know that they were going to be coming into the forefront soon, but that's fine. Forefront is also strong, let's be clear. Yeah, right. Well, it's up to yeah. them and the choices that they make. Right. The, and God knows now that they know that they're going to run the other direction. So cool. <laughs> Great. So tosses out notes. Metagame. Uh, yeah, right. Like I have all, okay. all the background I just wrote <laughs> is worthless now. It's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep dropping stuff on their heads until they turn back around. That's that's right. Is that what you, your skills as a dungeon master has taught you? Yes. 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 Die. Yes. Definitely. Turn around how like I a little things. rat in a maze. <laughs> no. Turn around. Go after the cheese. The cheese is over here. <laughs> oh man, no, they no. <laughs> that's, no. That's not it at all. So you got. That's not so them. You started DMing with the starter set. You took on the role of of dungeon master. I did, yeah, I did. And let me tell you, man, that starter set was the best tool. I know, like, you know, everybody learns to DM in different ways, but for me, like, it was the best tool. It had enough information that, like, I wasn't super terrified to run this game. It gave me enough freedom to, like, make stuff up for them. It was, yeah, it was a really great introduction to the game. Good. I've heard yeah. people say that it was uh, great for, for Dungeon Masters, and especially first-time Dungeon Masters for, yeah. that, for that reason. Definitely. And I'm super curious. To, I haven't gotten it yet, but I, I really want to see the Stranger Things starter set, and I, I assume it does the same, uh, but I'm super curious to see it. Yeah. Well, it definitely took uh, uh, cues from the uh, the regular starter set, and then how do we extrapolate that out and add it for, for Stranger Things fans and how they might want to jump into it. Totally. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if we'll see a huge boom of people who are like, I'm playing against Demogorgons and Thessal Hydras and things like that. Uh, yeah. In, in the amount of content that people are putting out there. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. An eye on the DMs Guild. Speaking of the DMs Guild, <laughs> I think that's some, like, you've got some content in the DMs Guild. You know, you are Shelley, literally all was, over the place. That was a potty award-winning transition right there. That's right. This is no joke. We will just hand you the potty. I can hand you some potty. Would you like the potty? And can we clarify the potty because (laughs) Greg didn't understand Yes, we need to say this. It's P-O-D-D-Y, potty. I I got it. You thought it was potty. You got it now. Yeah, no, I mean, I always got it. I just thought that it was funny that we were saying, here, I will give you potty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I will give you an award for potty. For all of the potty that you have created. We got a lot of potty in the can. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people oh, in the can. Oh, God, it's Why so is good. it in the can? It's... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, earning, I'm earning a potty right now. I, just by I, sitting here next to me. Just by sitting here. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Honey um, potty. Yes, anyway. I have enough potty. Uh, I don't have kids, so I don't, I don't have that outlet of potty jokes like you <laughs> You save that for the Endless. podcast. That's right. That's right. Um... Yes, I have some stuff on the DMs Guild. I uh, everything that uh, story wise and world wise for uh, Last Refuge is homebrewed stuff that I've done. Um, but I have uh, none of my stuff on DMs Guild. Is that though? Huh? Uh, I have two <laughs> adventures out on the DMs Guild. I just released one about a week ago. Now it's called Seasons of Fairy. Um, I was asked to run a, a charity game for this really awesome organization called Roll for Change. They were doing a charity stream for the Trevor Project, which is uh, an LGBTQ suicide prevention uh, youth, primarily youth suicide prevention organization. Mm. Um, so last summer, I ran a. Uh, I was invited to be a part of a charity stream for them. And so I came up with this adventure about these four um, exiled Eladrin that were trying to get back to the Feywild. Uh, But to do so, they had to find this particular portal that would grant them access because they had been exiled by Fey lords. Um, 
And so that adventure from the stream, uh, it was super fun. The players all loved it. I had a blast running it. And so I decided that I wanted to write it down and codify it and put it out in the universe. So it took forever because I'm a master at procrastination. Oh, yeah. Uh, I meant to have this out like last December for Christmas and that didn't happen. Uh, But it's out now. Uh, It's a, I think it's super fun. Uh, I had a bunch of groups play test it and they all really enjoyed it. So yeah, you can find that on the DMs Guild Seasons of Fairy. My other one that's out there is called Haunting a Haunting in Brenton, uh, and it's a sort of uh, haunted house ghost story uh, adventure that I that was part of my Fellowship of the Toe campaign. That again, I was like, oh, that was fun, and we all really enjoyed it. I should write it down, mm. put it into a form where people can play it for themselves. Yeah, and let me tell you, y'all, that is not easy. Like. I have, I've done it twice now and like I'm getting better at it and there's a bunch of great tools out there for like layout and format and stuff. But let me tell you, I respect the ever-living daylights out of people who, I mean, obviously the staff at Watsi who like write these great big books, but the people who go on the DM scale and put their stuff out there yeah. and make it look good and make yeah. it playable for other humans who are not in your head. Like the playtests that I had other people DM were so enlightening because they're not in my brain. So. Right. Fascinating. Like, I super recommend that to anybody who's writing something. If you're going to take the time to play test, which you should, uh, like, have somebody else run it and see if it makes sense to another brain DMing. Right. Without, without you there to coach and, like, yes. you know, be like, oh, what exactly. I meant was this, right? Exactly. Actually, just being like taking notes, okay, they didn't get this. They did this all wrong, you know, or, yes. you know not how I intended. Yeah. Like, like, what kind of feedback did you get? Was it like a consistent thread of feedback or was it? Shelly's playtesting right now. So right. she wants to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, so I did it in two phases. I did. Um, I, the first phase of the playtesting was just the encounters themselves, just for like straight up mechanical balance. Um, Because I didn't really, I haven't in a while sort of used the math of the DMG to balance encounters. I just sort of feel my way through it. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't feeling my way to a TPK for everybody. Uh, (laughs) This is is appropriate for everyone. They'll just all die. (laughs) And you can change it on the fly. Exactly. Uh, so, so that was that was sort of interesting, and that was just like baseline. Like this was too hard. This was too easy. This wasn't like this was uh, one of the best feedbacks I got from that phase. Was just like one of the combats was just sort of boring, and I was like, oh yeah. I mean, that, my like my idea was to have a straightforward combat, but like, why? Like anyone can do that. Make it interesting. But then when I so then I started the the full play test where I had people running the entire adventure, and um, I had all kinds of feedback. I had some Nick nitpicky nitty gritty stuff which was great uh that was sort of like um everyone wants to walk in this room and just kill the pixies instead of finding them you should like have something to try and prevent that um but then i had some really great feedback of just like you know what if uh what if you expanded this idea in this encounter what if you fleshed out this npc so that the players could really interact with them and learn stuff from them Um, i had i had steven rowe uh who's an awesome awesome designer and editor uh sort of do a pass at it that's another thing if you folks have friends that uh you can send it to to if you have any friends at all (laughs) things to to like just look at even even outside of playtesting like steven was so incredibly helpful to me in in just like seeing ideas that I, I couldn't see because I was too sort of you know trees for the woods, um, yeah. so there was a lot of that sort of really great feedback stuff yeah. that, was, that was woods for the trees stuff that I couldn't see. It's really cool how like you're talking about the NPC or like a little nugget that people glommed onto that you were like I didn't see a story here but yes yes yeah, there's something absolutely. there that's really cool. 
yeah, there's a whole sort of subplot that, like, I, I tried really hard not to make it too big because it, it could have really gone on. But, like, if DMs want, there's a whole little subplot in there about um, the queens of the summer and winter courts in the mm. Feywild sort of having a feud about this party making it there. So, like, there's little tidbits that folks had me expand out upon that if your campaign happens to be in the Feywild or whatever, like, you can really glom onto. It was, it was, it was a really interesting and enlightening process to go through all that playtesting. It sounds, too, like uh, the writing feedback that would come from any piece of artwork or something like that where it's like, oh, you know, this this works, this didn't expand upon this. Like, I feel like going through that process for uh, a you know, musical or a play or a novel or anything yeah. like that, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the same type of feedback, but people don't always take that step when they're doing yeah. uh, content for, for Dungeon Master's Guild. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, like, you know, creative criticism... Uh, or uh, is super helpful, right? And it can be kind of hard to take because it's your baby and it's sometimes hard to hear people say, well, this isn't good or I didn't like this or whatever. You know, they can phrase yeah. it more politely, but that can be hard to take. Um, but what I actually found, so that's what I sort of found with Haunting and Brenton when I wrote and playtested that. Like it was sort of hard for me to not be personally offended by criticisms. Yeah. Um, I got over that. And then what was really interesting about this one was I feel like I started to skew too wrong in the other direction. And I just tried to incorporate everyone's, every idea that every person had. And uh, some of the podcast folks, I was talking to them about the writing process. And I just got to this point where I was like, this adventure is now unrecognizable to me. Like it bears oh, no resemblance to what I originally had. And so I cut a bunch of the ideas that I'd added from, from playtesters and they were all super helpful to me. But like, that's an important thing too, is to remember like, this is still your piece. You still want to be able to hear your voice in the writing and in the style and in the adventure. And like, ultimately it's your thing and not everyone is going to like everything that you decide to include, but that's okay. That's a really important point. Cause I think as a young not necessarily even just a young person, but a young writer or a young yes. creator, uh, you can often feel like you're uh, just incorporating every note along the way. And so it's really important to be like, no, that note, while valid for your experience, just isn't what I'm trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and be like, okay, I, I, I accept your criticism. It is part of it, but that's also just the piece that I'm creating. Yeah. And if you want to incorporate that note, make your own damn thing. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's what's so nice about writing adventures like this is ultimately like there are really great ideas that I didn't incorporate and DMs might have those ideas and run with them when they run the adventure right. and like all aboard for that. Um, that's what's cool I'm about really TRPGs with- in general. Yes, exactly. And, and, and is yet another challenge of adventure writing, like yeah. balancing writing too much and not writing enough for DMs, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It is true because that's also really hard, I think. It people, is really hard. You were saying like they're not in your head so they don't even know you know, you can write a note and know exactly, like a two-line note and know exactly how to run that encounter, but then how do you convey enough from from ground zero to someone to, to be able to run that and then allow them the way to extrapolate off of that and be like, oh, what if there's a giant in this encounter? Like, you know, give them the freedom to do that if they want to go crazy. Yeah, is yeah. It, do you, when you're writing it, is it like, do you have the DM in mind? Like, I guess it depends on the level, like how, what levels, I don't know. Like, are you thinking... This is I'm writing this for a new dungeon master or an experienced dungeon master or are you writing it to for everybody? Yeah, I I mean I try to write for everybody. Um, I think right now, and I'm curious to you know I hope that people will will get the adventure and will leave me reviews and and I I you know be be nice but be honest like I'm happy to take that criticism because it's my only my second one and I'm still very new to this. Um, I try and write for everyone. I do think that I a little bit skew towards for new dungeon masters and for giving a little bit extra information. Um, 
I feel like an experienced dungeon master would have an easier time weeding through stuff they don't need right. than a new dungeon master would have making up stuff that they do need. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and for better or worse, and like, I'm sure there are people out there who are going to read it and be like, yo, chill, just like give me some stats and let me run. And that's fine. But I, I do a little bit skew towards uh, writing for newer and less experienced DMs, I think. And those experienced DMs can just skim. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Take yeah. the ideas from it and, and have, have fun, please. For sure. So yeah. I, have you done other creative writing though before this? No, I, I have always said I am absolutely not a writer. Oh, uh, people have asked me for years in, in theater, like, why don't you write music? Why don't you, I do a bit of musical arranging, but I, I do not write. I do not compose. I never have. I, in terms of my theatrical life, like my best life is interpreting other people's work. Uh, and I love doing it. And I think I'm good at it. And, and it brings me great joy. And I've never had any interest in writing. And then I found this community and like this other completely different outlet and I'm so into it. That's huh. awesome. That's you know, interesting. You said something interesting about with music how or, or theater that you are, you like to take someone's work and interpret it, which is essentially mm -hmm. what a dungeon master does. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and for whatever reason. They're not running their own work. Like if you're, you know, running Ghost of Saltmarsh or something, you're yeah. basically interpreting other people's work, which is yeah. also a very good, interesting skill. Yes, and I do love that doing that in gaming. Obviously, I love I love DMing. I love seeing what players are going to do. I like uh, you know being the the facilitator for their stories. Uh, but I have found that this is perhaps where my creative writing interests lie. So I love it. It ignited yeah. a creative spark, a new it creative did. spark, a new creative spark, and and we look, know that spark's know. already there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've been very fortunate the last couple of years in my career as a theater artist. But like this was a much needed like different outlet like uh, you know I don't want to be uh, too dramatic about it but like when I discovered D&D &D, uh, things were not super great in my theatrical career and it was a much needed way to like get creative and have fun and 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 uh, create a version of art that you know I just wasn't able to do in my career my other career at that point so I love too that it's it's a very similar discipline right like you're not you're talking about interpreting work as well as performing, you know, from that. And it's, you know, that's very similar to uh, what theater professionals do when they get a, a text uh, that's a play or a musical yeah, and just and, exactly. and make it all happen. And it's a way to Absolutely. use those muscles while also feeling like you're, you know, creating something new on your Putting own. your own spin. Right. Yeah. Well, and I am... Now I have started uh, a project that will combine the two. Uh, I can't say too much about it yet because we have it. I don't think we've set a release date. But uh, when I was home in between cities for In the Heights last October, November, whenever it was, uh, I DM'd uh, some sessions for what is going to eventually become a musical D and D YouTube series. <gasps> Um, oh that I'm God. super excited about. The composers have sent me some of the music that they're going to start recording with the cast, and it's it's going to be super what? fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we essentially, we recorded uh, like 16 hours of gameplay. Oh my and God. And then uh, like all in two sittings. It was a very long weekend. Uh, and then, and it was all, all the players were musical theater composers. And so they took, you know, they took notes during the games of what they wanted to write songs about. And then they went away and composed some songs and cast, you know, actor folks that we all know in New York to record the songs. And uh, we're going to turn it into a super fun YouTube series. Which funnily enough, I have a connection to this project in that one of the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, demonstrators at Hasbro Toy Fair. Oh, Someone yeah. I was hanging out with all weekend long. Uh, he was playing uh, one of the Hasbro gaming toys. I'm doing this motion because it was, it was a ping pong game that he was... <laughs> 
Uh, I didn't get ping pong. Showing, uh, the, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Make sure and tell everyone. Um, and then he mentioned it because we were talking about Dungeons Dragons. I was there representing D and D at the Toy Fair, and then he just like on the almost the last day, he just said like, "Oh yeah, I did this project, and there was someone, the dungeon master, and I forget what he said. He said something about like just I think just jazz hands, and I was like, was it dungeon master no jazzy way. hands? And he was like, yes. <laughs> Um, and uh, I don't think he was one of the performers. I think he was just one of the crew members. Yeah, he was. He was our videographer. Yes, uh, oh was there god. for that shoot. Uh, which I was like, oh my god, that's so crazy. I know him. I just saw him. Like, no the, or I'm going to see him in a couple of days. Uh, yeah, here it's, it was so insane. Uh, but that's you know, th- small theater world. Very. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know that that happens all the time. It uh, does. Okay. So, so from him talking about it, it, made me very excited about this project. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. excited. I have a, I'm very excited. I haven't heard any of the recordings yet. I heard a few demo tracks, um, and they're super funny and silly, and, and I'm excited about it. So stay tuned. As soon as I get more information about, like, drop dates and stuff, I'll be sure so to So how is this going to work? You guys recorded the game, the live. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that we've seen, you know the game, how things mm-hmm. play out. So you're going to, like, drop in songs like edit in the songs? Yeah, so when like a particular moment happens that one of the composers has written about, like it, we'll f- get it, go out of the gameplay footage that we have and yeah. go into uh, these actors that we've hired as, as, the, so as the characters, essentially. They're oh, playing okay. the various oh, characters and NPCs. Uh, and so they'll, they'll, rec- they'll have done little, you know, essentially little like music video type footage clips of these songs uh, and that'll get interspersed into the gameplay. Oh man. I like that. That's such a good idea. That is a good idea. It was also, super fun. Just a D and D musical is a good idea. Well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I mean, we should just make that happen. It's kind <laughs> of like the first step right here, right? But I mean, I think there's something to be said about writing the like. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would want to do the 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 improv gameplay and then into a musical theater thing every no. night if you were performing. That. No, my God, like, no. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to kind of you know script it all out and have it be. Uh, uh, you know, about like kind of like Stranger Things, where it's about Dungeons and Dragons and it has DNA, Dungeons and Dragons in its DNA, but isn't right. necessarily uh, an improvised game. No, right? It's a story, right? Told through music. Yes, yes. But with, but with D and D as the subject matter, yeah. think of uh, chess, the uh, the musical chess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, better. Whoops, did I say that? <laughs> so they've got like three good songs in that. There's there's some great music. You're right. It's yes. A, I've never actually seen it. I've only heard the soundtrack, so who knows if the actual book is not good, which doesn't doesn't appear like it. (laughs) In your fantasy world of D&D musicals. You're you're getting upset about potentially uh, uh, (laughs) um, uh, pissing off uh, Sir Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm still an actor in New York. I can't piss people off, man. Abba listens to Dragon Talk, so (laughs) you better watch out. Huge yeah, because Mamma Mia is definitely my uh, my next my show. Stick. Right? Mm-hmm. Wait, because that wait that wasn't Angel. That was just Tim Rice and Abba. It was yeah. Yeah, right. Sorry, all I've offended all the theater yeah, fans. Yeah, you've that, really just managed to cool. drop. Yeah, so now <laughs> now I look I look bad in uh, in musical theater fans and D and D fans. So that's <laughs> I'm good. Way to no. lose our potty. <laughs> we had we'll the potty. It was in, it was in our hands. The potty was in our hands. And then it just hands. slipped through our fingers. <laughs> a vile and disgusting group. Gross. Uh, but two, we're going to get it back. We still have time. There's uh, time to get our potty back. It'll come back. In about How gross. Tito got his potty back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the content of this D&D musical that we're, uh, oh my God. we're coming up. Yes. Yes. yes that there is the MacGuffin is the potty. <laughs> I love yes. it. I love everything about and it. You lost oh, your man. potty. This is getting worse than sketchy. I can't. <laughs> oh no, sketchy. No, it's not. Not yet. Sketchy's awful. Are you pro or anti-sketchy? I am anti. I'm sorry. I'm anti-sketchy. 
sketchy. And sketchy. And sketchy. Oh, we don't want sketchy either. We don't want sketchy either. No, that's a whole different thing. Okay, let's talk about Dandy uh, Life. <laughs> Dandy Life. Dandy Life. Transitions today, and I'm obsessed. No FOMO. Hashtag. So no we have FOMO. a whole bunch of podcast people coming yeah. to uh, D&D Live at one of these events for the first time. Pod people. Pod otherwise people. Known as. They're known as pod people. <laughs> oh, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say Victoria Jackson, but no, Victoria Rogers uh, from the Broadswords uh, and Josh Peralta have put together this amazing podcast community uh, that will be doing it, and uh, you're you're joining. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I'll be repping the Last Refuge crew. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, so this is news that I don't think. I think I might have mentioned it in chat during your banter section. But mm. um, I, the current plan for those of you who listen to the Last Refuge is that I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be playing the beloved NPC Dranks, the Cobalt. Dranks. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm super excited and a little nervous. Like I have to figure out contingencies for the show if he dies. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's super fine. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be playing with the Taking Initiative uh, crew. They've invited me to join their table for for that game. Um, I might I might engage in some light cosplay. I am not a crafty human, but I know crafty humans who are going to help me. Nice. All right. I, might, I might do a little bit of light cosplay as Dranks. Uh, as Dranks, yeah, Ooh. yeah. The amazing Serena Marie from uh, Rebels Waterdeep and Dungeon Rats gave me some makeup advice, Sweet. and I've had a couple people offer to help me with the the clothes. So don't get too excited; it won't be it won't be much, but maybe a little something. Okay. I like that. That's I think for for the people who will be on the pods and and uh, uh, on the main stage and stuff. I think we're going for like touches and things like that. So like yeah, yeah making it feel like you're you're. Uh, uh, not yourself, but you're not necessarily like full on transformation into the character. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like. Are that. we gonna have um, hair and makeup people? Yeah, yeah, we will. Yes. Oh. Although I really want Kate Wells to do my makeup. Uh, she can certainly help for sure. She knows how to do eye makeup. We like, had uh, you know amazingly professional makeup artists who did uh, at the Stream of Many Eyes. They did the uh, stencils. Oh, uh, so cool. all I don't know if you remember a lot of. Uh, People had uh, like a, like a, one person had a star yeah. that was gold star on their on their oh, thing. Cool. And like uh, um, uh, Ivan Van Norman had his like eye completely like, almost. Yep. Um, oh yeah, from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Charlize Theron's character. Do you want to get kitty faces so we can be um, drunky and Daryl Two Shoes? As long as it looks like uh, like kitty face paint, like that children would have. Right. Yes, <laughs> like what I did at, at Gary Con. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. Let's yes, children. We can actually just have like children paint, paint on our faces. Yes, <laughs> yes. authentic. Like perfection. Oh, perfection. Look at oh, oh, I yell at my players so much when they do that on the show, and now I'm gonna get yelled at. They are. <laughs> they're gonna take a spray can and spray it at you. <laughs> Bad. No. <laughs> Bad puns. That is oh, not potty yeah, award that's winning. What we need. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, so, so I'm very excited. So my game is Saturday, and then Shelly and I uh, have already decided that we're going to be, what did we say? We're going to be super helpful on Friday? I think By, so. What did we say? I can't remember what we said. Be, I, you're going to be helpful all three days. I mean, what we're going to be helpful all the time, but we're going to be... But we're going to be helpful. Helpful. <laughs> that's air quotes the, the around helpful makes me scared. Yeah, air quotes on a podcast, also not super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's we're not potty award winning. helpful. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could try to be helpful too, but I think I, you're going to be too busy to be helpful. That's very true. Right. I'm going to be going around be, crying. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, we can be non-air quote helpful by bringing you things to be air quote helpful right. at some point during the weekend. I right. like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Drunk Great. or two shoes. We'll I, I'm, I'm picking up what you guys are you putting down. It up. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's not yeah. that hard. It's, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> laying it on pretty it, thick here, guys. It's kind of like, it's kind of mandatory. It's, yeah. it's also kind of hard to not lay it on thick when it's an audio medium, so you can't like give like side-eye about things. Right, exactly. You can't wink at someone. It's an auditory <laughs> side-eye. <laughs> wink, wink. You winked with your voice. That sounds like a, that's a the double, universal that sign. That sounds like a double knuck. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. Oh, man. Oh, Don't make we... me bring out the double knuck. It's, no, we're not going to. No. 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 <laughs> Pelham, I just made Pelham throw up on his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so if the stream goes down, that's cool. why. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun. I appreciate on. all the yes. help that you guys will be bringing me in yes. a receptacle form, um, and, and in other forms. You know, you just have to ask. Like literally, my game is. I think it'll. Can I? Do we have we the release schedule? Can I talk about that? No, but go ahead. Yeah, okay. Go for it. Uh, so I think I think the talking that I keep saying that taking initiative game that I'm gonna be playing with is from 11 to 12:30 p- uh, Pacific on Saturday morning. Right. Um, and that's my only requirement for the weekend. So. All you have to do is ask, sir, and that is on tape now, so I can't back out. That's right. You are down. That's a contract. It has been signed, <laughs> sealed, delivered. Um, um, and you know, as being around, uh, you know, kind of production manager and things in tech rehearsal, that's pretty much the mode that I'm in all the time yeah. during these. Is yeah. like, what do we do? What do we do? Now, the problem is that you and I are going to be talking in the morning uh, and you being need an assistant. Talent, right? So that's it. Eugenio, you're going to be. I'm, I'm there. I'm you, there for you. You and Pelham uh, will have to, like, you know, High five and Voltron together into uh, yes. uh, figuring all that stuff out. Yes, <laughs> Pelhenio, Pelhenio, Pelhenio <laughs> to the Love rescue. It. That's awesome. Uh, I, I appreciate it because all the help is necessary. This thing keeps getting more and more complex uh, every year. Remember when it was uh, just D and D live at Meltdown when you guys met? I do we didn't meet? Well, we cyber met. We, we cyber met. Oh. Yeah. Not cyber stalked. It's right. I, it was a little for both of our parts. It's fine. Um, I will say, I will never forget though us seeing each other for the first time in person. Origin, Shelley, oh my god, and just like the utter glee and excitement on both Squeals. of our faces. Yep, it was delightful. It was amazing. It was I think I, I think I was in the same vicinity yeah, when that occurred. It was you know did, sometimes did you sometimes I, you yeah. meet people in real life that you've developed an an offline friendship with and they're not that cool. <laughs> but <laughs> but oh. not this guy. Okay, he was thanks. even better. I was, for that. I was like, <laughs> nope, is that, period. Is, is, there a butt? <laughs> is there a butt there? But uh, I love uh, it. You were even better. Uh, and I will say, uh, Alex is also delightful. Yes, Alex uh, plays luck on the show. Also delightful. Yes. We, we had some good time. Oh, we had some we good did have some. We had we some did. good chats. You we provided did. a lot of air quotes help. To each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we ha- had a lot of commentary, the three of us. Yeah, we did. Very, was good. very clucky and, and good. hen-like. That is, uh, uh, sounds like it's right up your alley. Totally. Uh, yeah, right. You, you were like right. the, the, the bachelorette of origins. I've, it was more Real Housewives. Oh, okay, yeah, no, <laughs> see, yeah. We did have those glasses of wine. Yeah, it was did. more Real Housewives. Was so totally. I'm looking forward to uh, the two of you and Christina Ariel uh, <sighs> just being up in like, Muppet style, uh, as like yes. Waldorf uh, and Statler. Don't even oh, tease. Wait, can we have a third? Two shoes? I know. I know we are. I know, look, I'm about to ask you a question that you're going to hate, but I know we already have two channels that you have to manage. But I feel like there should be a third channel of just that. Well, that's actually you're, that's a fifth channel because we have four, we're going to have four channels going at the same time. Oh, oh, wait. Now I feel real special because the podcast room's on the second one. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be. There's. The, it's 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 a ranking. I know. 
okay, well then a fifth channel. A fifth channel that's just you guys talking audio like uh, uh, about the commentary. Yeah, like what's Walter happening. from Settler style, yeah. yeah. I dig that. I dig that. That was my maybe, favorite. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe I'll just put you guys up in the in the booth I mean, and just like let's be honest, just record it onto we're, mic the whole time onto tape. There you go. We're gonna there do you go. it anyway. You right, might as well true. just record it. We'll release the the video on demand like uh, uh, a bonus track that you can listen yeah. to. That's the three of you just commentary over the whole thing. Oh, we'll be like the the people like during a parade that are just yes. like filling the time of. <laughs> and now we're having. I sometimes feel that way when I DM the marching but I'm just band. <laughs> <laughs> or when I'm podcasting. <laughs> Abington oh, yeah. Prep School Marching Band is coming. And wow, look at their outfits. That is so amazing. I see you doing like blue. the Fred Willard from the uh, <laughs> They're so uh blue. from that dog show movie. Uh Best of Show. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. I could see that too. Yeah. I love it. Uh all right, so uh look for for, for those three uh giving commentary yes. uh over all be great. things. Oh my god. Yeah. Um I'm there's so many people that I'm so excited to meet at that event. I'm so excited. Have you oh, met that Christina? Because I, ha- I haven't met Christina in no, real life. No, I have not. Okay, I so we're not. just going to devour her and her poor child. <laughs> her unborn child. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh... Be gentle. <laughs> are, you, are, are, you, are you guys witches now? Yeah. Is this a coven that we're oh, talking about? Oh, let's be a coven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my coven commentary. Her eyes just light up. She's like, let's be oh. a coven. It's the coven of commentary. Oh, oh my so gosh. Oh. You guys need to start up your own podcast. It's yeah. like the coven of commentary. I love it. I love it. Yes. Like I've that. always wanted to be in a coven. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you guys would be in my coven. Yeah. Okay. You cast a lot of spells. Yes. Yeah. Ah, my eyes. <laughs> oh, don't, we're, not done, we're not quite done yet. Don't kill him yet. Don't magic missile him yet. <laughs> don't take my blood. No. <laughs> Stop it. Oh man! So yeah, I think that's what's the great about um, uh, an event like D and D Live is that it's bringing folks yeah. together who have not ever met before. I mean, that's what, it, it happened with with uh, uh, Meltdown and Stream of Annihilation, and going forward, it was just always these like folks who had met each other or seen each other's work online and and respected yeah. it, and then never were yeah. able to uh, uh, you know kind of share things. I mean, that's what any good convention kind of does. But but uh, these D and D events has been like getting that D and D community together. And I love that the community comes together and they play like it's not like everyone's group shows up and they just play with their group and they go home like everybody's just mixing and mingling yeah I yeah, love that's, that for sure. I do too I do too and I like I have to say like uh, there have been so many amazing people who have organized this thing but like the amount of work that Victoria and Josh have done like thank you to so much and they do this a lot like they do the um, the pod the stream the, what's the clever we did the, the podcast Podcast of Annihilation, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah, and podcast like of Foes. Podcast of Waterdeep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do excellent work. They do. They Thank really you, do. Victoria and it's, uh, I'm super excited to have gotten invited this year. And um, I, yeah, it's a lot of planning, but all of us podcasters, like we've got a little Discord chat and we're all super excited to be there. So, so thank you, you two. And of course, everybody else, like it's not just the two of them, but they're the ones that I interface with most directly about it. So. And I think it's, you know, it's uh, the whole idea of, uh, you know, video streaming and podcast audio thing has been, uh, you know, just not been able to meld together. And so I'm so excited for this event to be able to have, uh, you know, not that they're two separate communities at all, but like just like, oh, here they are together at the same time uh, being able to share ideas and everything because it's such an... uh, you know, it's like it's like people working on on straight plays and musicals. It's like, well, you know, yeah. they're, they're different disciplines, but they all they share so much DNA. 
They they do, and and I think I, you know the communities. We all do a, a bit of both. I'm I'm doing a bit more streaming these days. I have I have four shows that I'm doing this summer. That's what happens when I don't book a show for the summer. <laughs> I end up doing four different stream games. Whatever. It's the uh, hustle. You just got to respect it. I'm super excited about it. Uh, but they are like different. There are different audiences, and there's overlap. And I I am super excited to like you said to put them together at this event and just sort of see what we can sort of cross-pollinate and drum up for, for both sides, right? For like all those diehard podcast fans to like meet the rivals and meet the, that's the only group that I can remember off the top of my head because I'm not <laughs> you, Greg, but whatever. Like see these well, awesome stream groups. Dragon and, Friends and, is going to be there. High Rollers is going to be there. Oh, uh, coming from all Girls over. God's Glory. They're actually going to be creating a podcast potentially. Uh, Stop. So like that, that they'll, they'll, you'll be able to teach them all of the things that you've learned about oh, uh, exactly. uh, using microphones and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. So a podcast yeah, I'm in excited. addition to their stream? Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. exactly. Pretty exciting, right? Very. Yeah, and I, I, I think they're taking inspiration by the kind of work that you guys have been doing. Awesome. Well, good. We'll have to meet up. Yeah, but it's, it's that sort of like, let's figure out now how to, how to combine it all, right? How to continue to, to lift us up, to elevate it, right? By, by finding ways that those communities, which, which have overlap but are separate, like you said, can... Yeah can work with each other and roll more. some dice together. Yeah. Like that's the real thing. Yeah. That's true. And that's, I like, that's the thing. Like this community has blown me away in the last five years and particularly in the last two, when I've really sort of been in the thick of it since we started the podcast, like I, people that I have met for seconds at a time have like gone out of their way in the last two years to like lift me up and lift my work up and make sure that people hear about it. And I, I just am continually blown away. I still don't understand why you invited me on this show, Greg. Like, (laughs) and I I don't mean that in like a self-deprecating, I'm fishing for compliments way. I just mean like, I don't know who, who are any of us. And yet this community is so supportive. Um, and, and so like, I, I'll never forget. Okay. So quick story. So we met at origins, um, and Dan Dillon was also there when we met. And that was the first time that I'd met him. And, you know, we got along great. We had a great conversation that night till some ungodly hour of the morning in the bar. It's fine. Um, (laughs) and then I saw Dan again two months later at Gen Con and Dan took me around at this like, you know, social mixer, whatever, at a bar one evening of Gen Con and just introduced me to people as, hey, this is Eugenio. He has this really awesome podcast that you should listen to. And like, he didn't have to do that, but like he introduced me to James Intercasso. He introduced me to Rich Howard. He introduced me to like all of these amazing people. And like, I I don't know, he didn't have to do that. We were friendly, but like we're good friends now. But at the time, like we didn't really know each other. And it's like that all over the place. This Mm. community is so amazing. And I, you know, to those people who are sort of uh, new to it or who are hesitant to like really dive in, like if you want to just do it, there are amazing people in this community. And I, you know, I can't speak highly of, of how good the humans in this, in this community make me feel all the time. It's, it is yeah, all yeah. about uh, uh, the, I mean, I mean, we do it on this podcast, lifting each other up, you know, but it is something that I think has uh, really come to the forefront in the last few years, as you're saying, as uh you know, people who are joining this hobby like you did uh, very recently and, and yeah. not realizing that it was as open and, and you know, they might, might have had the reputation of being, you know, a little bit, uh, um, you know, for, for a specific group of people or, or, and, and that's it. And the amount of open arms and uh, bringing people in and um, allowing the creative muscles to, to kind of flow and get in, honestly infused by this new blood of creative folks who are, or, um, bringing, you know, just 
better storytelling and better, you know, uh, production quality and everything to all the the things that are happening. It's it's amazing to see, and I think there's you're right, and that's that's been my tenant about getting these events together. Is like if, just, yeah. if we get. You know, I don't even have to do the work. Like, just get people in the same room together, and then poof, great things happen. Yeah, yeah. when it yeah. explodes, that's, that's something that I, uh, you know, what what bit of what small bit of notoriety I have I have gained. Uh, I I want to be sure that I continue to do that for other people. Yeah. You know, people like like I, I don't know. I keep I keep naming people just be, not to name drop, but because I want you know if these if the people that are listening to this podcast are in the chat on Twitch right now, like if you don't know any of the people that I've mentioned so far, like seek them out on Twitter. They do amazing work, right? And so mm-hmm. I keep wanting to name people like Serena Marie from uh, the Dungeons and Rivals of Waterdeep has become such a close friend, and she is constantly like <laughs> reminding me to take deep breaths and drink water. Like uh, that's such an important thing. Um, our in fantastic mod TK recommended me to um, DM a stream this summer, like totally out of nowhere. They reached out to, her, to them and they recommended me. And so now I'm going to be doing this thing on Sundays that I'm super excited about. Um, and, and like, why? Just because they could? Because they're good nice humans that want to see everyone succeed. I don't know. I'm like, I'm getting a little like Pollyanna about the whole thing, but it's, it's, it makes me very happy and it is a nice place to, to retreat to when other things are a bit much. And I think it's baked into the game itself. I mean, you have to work together and use people with different skill sets to accomplish the goals in front of you as the storyteller, you know, right? So like it's, 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 it's a little bit like, you know, the game extrapolating itself out into the community, uh, which I love. And, uh, of course, people want to work with you because you're amazing and uh, oh, well, I do great work. Um, and I think when I when I invited you onto this podcast, I think you said you're insane. Ah, I didn't I'd say that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is uh, I want to turn back to you because it's insane not to want to bring you uh, uh, and uh, and be a part of this community because you know you do well, good work. Thanks, thanks. I am I'm very honored to be here on the show and like a part of this community that that at least some like I said has some has some small amount of notoriety that I can use to to continue to lift other people up and and do cool things with this awesome hobby that we all love. Pay it forward. Yes, I was say yes. you will be doing the same thing to yeah, new dungeon masters years from now. <laughs> introducing yeah. walking them around parties at conventions, introducing <laughs> them to people. The next generation. The next gen. That's right. I yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So I just I wanted to I wanted to get my little Pollyanna moment because it is I dig it, it has been a, a super important part of of me falling so deeply into this community so quickly. We're, and we're talking about, you know, we're like lifting up peers, but I think, you know, to your point, like we all, what is really fascinating is, is how this is spreading to the, you know, the kids out there, people who are in their teens yep. now jumping in and learning about this game. And then it really does become a new generation of players who yep. uh, uh, get the, the, the fun of it. And they, a lot of it is due to podcast work and streaming work and things that people are, are consuming. They're like, oh, wait, I can do that as easily as that. Yeah. And you don't even necessarily have to have a direct connection with a, a teen <laughs> to be able to <laughs> inspire them. But like, just the fact that you're creating this content, putting it up on the Dungeon Masters right. Guild, putting it out on, yeah. on podcast Out of all form. the things that could capture their attention, D&D still manages it to does. entice them. They still want to play a tabletop game in front of each other. Yeah. That's incredible. We, we, have, we have two young gentlemen that I know of that listen to the show, which is funny because every time we swear on air, we all sort of flinch a little bit when we think about them. But, um, <laughs> but, but we, uh, one of them is, is the son of a stage manager friend of mine. And then the other is, is his friend. And they will occasionally send us like, they'll get on our website and like send us a message over our website contact us page or whatever for the, for the show. And just like, I always send them to the whole cast and they're one of our favorite things to receive because, 
uh, you know, we, he, he sends like, for example, my friend's son will send us messages saying like, oh, I'm going to start a new campaign with my friends. And can you help me like figure out how to do this? And like, I will always say yes to that. Oh. Like, cause you're then going to help somebody else out and you're going to learn all the things from this game. So yeah. And it's amazing because he's, I think his group is not small, but like you said, Shelly, like these kids want to get together and face each other mm-hmm. and like interact with each other and play this game in person. I, it's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. genre itself is enticing to them. Like, I bring a bunch of like, D&D product to my son's summer camp or his after-school yeah, yeah, yeah. program. Just leave it there. The kids, they go up to, you know, they're from 5 to 11 years old. And every time I go in there to pick up the kid, somebody's <laughs> reading the Monster Manual. Yes. Or somebody's reading a Practical Guide to Dragons. They're always just sitting there, like, just skimming the book, just flipping the pages. You can just see it. You can just see it happening. Yeah. They the Monster Manual is a great one too because it's like a lot of oh, pictures, yeah. a lot of great like visuals, and then oh, I want to learn about this thing. Yeah. And here's a stat block that lets me know everything and it's about it. Just the best to like see like two or three of them huddled together with the Monster Manual in front of them. I'm mm. like, oh my god, you don't even know. You're forming a party. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to it's see like true. a group of kids and like pick out the dungeon master. I'm like, that's <laughs> I know your role. Yep. Uh-huh. She's the ringleader. Yeah. She's got it. Oh yeah, there's one girl there that I'm like, I cannot wait for her to start running games. Yeah, can't yes. wait. I saw something. Yes. I don't. I don't. I won't remember the exact details of it, so I'm not calling anybody out. But it was someone on Twitter uh, who was a mother and said, mm-hmm. "I just found out that my daughter has been skipping algebra tutoring or something like that to go to the back of the library and dungeon master for <laughs> six boys." That gives me. Literally gives me goosebumps. Yeah, that right. Is, that's the. I, I'm like, there's so much mad. bad and like rebelliousness yeah. <laughs> going on in there, but also yeah. like she's, props. She's DMing for six boys. Six boys. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, in the back I of the library. In the back of the library. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. this, this hey, is mom, great. Hey, mom, going to algebra tutoring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, careful, because I I don't do it so much anymore. But my day job for a long time in between gigs was a math tutor. Really. Yeah, she was skipping your sessions. Chemistry. She was skipping my session. <laughs> you, I wondered where she was this whole time. No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you could really be mad about that. You'd be like, that's, that's true. I'd be like, you know what? You're right. Well, you could use D and D as for your math tutoring. Exactly what I was going to say. Let's let's work this. Let's work some algebra into yeah. this. I'm going to make your I'm going to make your hit to hit bonus a, a complicated algebraic equation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would that would work. Reduce it Wait, to I, X. I, X is X. I feel like that would work. Take a note. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know, and you should talk when you're at D and D Live. Talk to Sharif uh, from Rivals Waterdeep. Yeah. He's a tutor as well, uh, concentrating yeah, we in math. I think Seriously? we connected at uh, PAX East and chatted a little bit about that. But yeah, nice. Once again, yeah. I'm so sad Proof I was in at PAX smart East. Smart people play D and D. It's true. It's true. That's it. It's they, true. You learn so much just by touching one of these books. You're like, oh, <laughs> man, I learned so much. Those beautiful, beautiful books. I can make a souffle. I just learned it. I I love that Greg and I are both like, what? What? (laughs) Potty award. There's souffle recipes in here? I didn't know that. Souffle made out of... uh, Oh my God, right there. Out of Kraken. Kraken tentacles. Did you guys both just say Kraken? We did. Time to get Kraken. Get Kraken on that souffle. But not too much Kraken or your souffle will... Decry very quietly. Oh. I've never made a souffle. I don't know. Look there's at Greg's a, absorbed in the book. I didn't realize. I, I know that we've lost Greg. Greg. There's like a stone of galore in this uh, in this book. <laughs> oh, they do? Stones galore. Yeah. Or I can't wait to get my hands on the thing. You will at D&D Live. I know. Excellent. Well, Amazing. it is uh, 
going to be very soon where we will see you in, in the yes. flesh. Yes, less than a month. Wait. Less than a month. Less Gosh, less wait, is it really? It's three. Sorry. It's Friday. We're three it Fridays is. away from yeah. this event uh, when we're recording oh this. Wow. God. I will be. Oh, just I just saw Pelham shake his hand. Just Pelham, about Pelham to was land like, "Land in LA." Oh, I gotta get cracking on that light cosplay. <laughs> get cracking. Uh, uh, with oh. the tentacles. Uh, can't wait to see you there. Uh, we'll give you a big bear hug and then put you to work uh, helping me produce this thing. By all means, helping him there, produce man. in air Produ- yeah. <laughs> well, A little bit of both. I have a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bodies. Well, I will be producing. Like, yes, that all sounds very fun, but also there's a lot of work. There's to a do. lot of work. <laughs> well, help. No, for real, we'll help. Out of all the people here, only I think me and Pelham and maybe Eugenio know that it is a lot of work. Oh, because you haven't been to any of these yet. He hasn't either. I guess I that's true, but he has. I mean. <laughs> Well, you've been at tech rehearsals. You know, like, the craziness that happens yeah, uh, you know. around all those things. Oh, my God. I mean, you're from another generation. So. I did go to the stream of <gasps> Annihilation. Oh, back in my day. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's so different. <laughs> Rocks fall. Honey. Yeah, right. Honey, let me tell you. This, uh, I, 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 I just got sacrificed for the coven, I think. Uh, with I that think coming. you might have. I think yes. you might have. Give me your eyes of newt. Ah, um, I got better. I went to the stream of Annihilation. That's right. You were at the stream of Annihilation. I went. Yeah. You briefly. were? That's yeah. Oh, you were. That's right. Because you made you announced uh, the trail at Baldur's Gate, was it? Yes. Why do yes. I remember these things? This is why I'm a really good dungeon master, because I just you like things to detail. The canon. Things in my head. I did. I got to, I went in and out. I, I remember. I brought Quinn, handed Quinn off to Bart. Oh, that's right. Quinn was this, there. Yes. Yeah. Briefly, he was oh, there. Boy. And he met Pelham for the first time, and he still thinks that Pelham's name is Watermelon Beard. Amazing. Which, it, I mean, that's not untrue. Right. We heard <laughs> Pelham, and he went watermelon? <laughs> and he had a big bushy beard, beard at the beard. time. Yeah, so he yeah. was like, Watermelon Beard. I'm a little sad that I still haven't met Quinn. I met Fiona and, and, and Edna. I know. I to meet Quinn. You do. They're I mean, I'll be, I'll be back out on the West Coast this fall, so. You are? Yeah, I'll be. Oh well, surprise! Like, yes, I'll be in Portland uh, okay. in the right. fall because In the Heights is happening again. Yay! So I'll be in Portland, and we'll definitely be coming up to see you all uh, okay. on days off. And stuff. Oh, same, I really same cast, so. same production. Yeah, we uh, the folks from Portland. <laughs> this is weird, but the folks from Portland Center Stage uh, came to see the show when we were in Seattle and loved it and loved how we were sold out at basically every performance. And so they bought. <laughs> That's the more show. important. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. got sold yeah. out. Okay, great. So they uh, they bought the design. Um, I can't yet comment on the cast uh, because we haven't confirmed, you know, sure. contracts for everybody yet. But uh, it will be for a all very the, similar cast for all the equity uh, uh, people who are listening. We want to make sure yeah, we, exactly. we follow the rules. <laughs> it will be a very similar looking cast, uh, and so yeah. So I'll be back out there for the, for awesome. the fall. So if, you're, if, you, if anyone that's listening is in Portland in September and October, come see in the Heights at Portland Center Stage. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I hope Portland Center Stage reps come to D and D Live, and they want to just buy the show, and we'll oh, just, we'll just wanna, do it in Portland. They want to do. Yeah, it in Portland. I'll tell them yeah. to come. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same diff. Same cast, yeah. same everything. <laughs> right. Same cast. Buy a whole hog. But it's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. You can have the whole package yep. for like $9 million. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, awesome. I uh, can't wait to have you back on the West Coast, but I'll see you in a yes. few weeks. And, see you uh, in a few weeks. We'll see the... I can't wait. The high fives and the, so excited. And the hugs. And the, and the commentary, the coven commentary. Coven of commentary. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh, I'm so awesome. excited. I love it. 
You are the best. Oh, wait, um, wait. I forgot to say, oh, how, how can people yeah. find out about your podcast? Say, can, can I plug my things? No, yeah, plug uh, your things. I was just okay, about so, to... Yeah. Plug your things. That's okay. So you can find me on Twitter at, at DM Jazzy Hands. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Ugramio, but I'm not very interesting on Instagram, so don't worry about that. Uh, you can check out Last Refuge stuff at, at DND Last Refuge. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to our website, dndlastrefuge.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and all of the things. Um, check us out. Come to the website. Click around. See all the cool fan art that folks have sent us. Um, and keep it on. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, like I said, I'm doing four different streams this summer, uh, a player in two and DMing two. So if you want to watch me live do stuff, uh, I will be posting updates there on the Twitters. So yeah, at DMJazzyHands, at dndlastrefuge. Jazzy hands. Yay. Awesome. Follow all those things. Uh, and uh, we'll see you soon, buddy. Yeah, see you soon. Happy gaming, y'all. That's you my sign too. off for the show. <laughs> uh, that was such a great conversation. I love talking to Eugenio as a fellow theater person. Uh, the and, uh, uh, you know, the theatrical nature is just in within him. So it's nice to not surprise that he's that. a D&D. Player. Right, exactly. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. Lots. He's got a lot going on. Uh, and uh, you know, hearing his stories makes me miss New York uh, very much. I'm assuming. Yes, <laughs> we'll make sure. That- yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, because Note. it's a great city. There's so much just theater going on there all the time, and it's not like you know. I mean, there's some of that happening in Seattle, of course, but it's not, uh, not on, on the cheap day. as it is uh, in in. Uh, New York. There's just such a plethora of it from people uh, from, you know, the Broadway all the way down to the off, off, off. The off, off, off. Yes, which are also super fun. I had to play off, off, off. Yeah, what did you do? I wrote it. Yeah? It was part of a festival. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Fringe? Oh, uh, no. No? It was called Astrogenius. Oh, yes, you've told me about this yeah. uh, before, maybe even on one of these here podcast well, episodes from there back I in the day. I'm talking about my play in Manhattan. That's great. Well, I uh, didn't get my plays accepted into any uh, things, so I created my own festival and put my own plays in there. So nice. that works, right? You can do that. You can produce yes. your own. Uh, That's even better. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. You did? You had your own festival? Yeah, we called it Chemical Imbalance. Why don't we do that here in Seattle? All right, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's produce the theater. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going we're gonna to stop the potty. Got to go. We won our potty. We're we done. We can say we're potty award winners. <laughs> now moving on to the Fringe Theater Circuit. Let's do it. All there right. There used to be a really good Seattle Fringe Fest. And it's, there is no, no longer? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I just don't get out. Well, much, let's start it up. We'll call it the uh, the 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 the, the Shell the Genesis. <laughs> we'll just call it the Michelle Show. The Michelle Show. I don't know. I'm I'm riffing here. It's okay. terrible. It'll yeah. be all improv. It'll be. I think, it, you know what? Let's just play Dungeons and Dragons. That's okay. a lot easier. <laughs> let's just do that. We could do that on a stage. Oh my god! And people could watch us. We could do it live. We'll call it D and D live. I love that. 2019. Yes. The Descent. Yes. May 17th through the 18th and 19th in Los Angeles. Let's do it in LA because the weather is a little bit better. Good idea. Okay. Yeah, we'll sell tickets. Uh, and then All people right. will be able to play Dungeons and Dragons there too. This is crazy. We should invite other people who play D&D. Yeah. To come play D&D. But where are we going to do that? Like in a studio. <gasps> what if we created like four studios? And we can get a lot of people. Like Let's podcasters too. Podcasters other potty too? award winners. You know, I bet Eugenio would want to do this. We should talk to him. Let's oh, talk wait. to him. Ooh.
<laughs> Let's go with the time travel machines. <laughs> we'll make it happen. This is confusing. God, that was really good acting that we both did. I'm like, I feel like we are just crushing the acting machine today. <laughs> like with our we're, a fist oh, of no talent, we're just my crushing this. this. Fist. My Hulk fist. Oh, it's so sad that you're, you're not going to be able to I'm not. be uh, costumed don't, don't in, your, in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, is yep. there any uh, outlet where people could complain about us that you want to uh, oh, let people know about? I think you can direct all complaints about Tito to me at Shelly Moo on Twitter. That's a good place to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of the time I'm, I'm trolling your replies and, and right. seeing if people talk about me. Yes, which they do. And that's all kind of the, the only reason people want to talk to me. And uh, you could also leave a review, uh, which is awesome. Uh, give us all of the stars if we can. Yeah. And think about when you're leaving that review, think about the human beings that are going to be reading that review. Constructive criticism <laughs> is uh, appreciated all along uh, the process. Just think about it. Don't, you should not read those anymore. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I mean, I. I. There were times where I'm I've gone in and and checked them out, but you know, really, yeah, haven't haven't in a long time. I can't. Yeah, but other people are. But the so place, your opinion does matter. And the place to get in touch with us is uh, on the social medias. It's like a much easier way to mm-hmm. ask questions and provide uh, constructive feedback. Somebody did that yesterday. He said, yes. "How do I talk to the Dragon Talk team?" That's right. And he. Tagged us both. I know. That's the way to do it. I like that. Uh, so, uh, at Shelly Moo is He is had a Shelley. good thing, a good question. And I'm at Greg Tito yeah. uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Greg underscore Tito. Um, I'll be posting a lot more of that as we get closer to the D&D Live because it's always fun to do great photos of the cosplay and the sets. I can't wait. All the crazy things that will yep. be going together with that. Uh, so, look for that, those pictures there. Um, and then if you just want to find out about all the fun things that are happening with... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Ghosts of Saltmarsh and Acquisitions Incorporated. Dragon Plus has a new issue out this week. Just uh, got my notification. It's out there. Check it. It's available as an app on your Android phone or on the iOS phone. Uh, and you can get all that content on dragonmag.com. And uh, this issue is pretty fantabulous. There's some really good stuff in it. Yes. So check it out. Um, tons of previews uh, leading up to both Ghosts of Saltmarsh as well as Acquisitions Incorporated. So. Uh, yeah, and then even look in the backlogs of all that issues. There's stuff that goes back. I think we're on issue like 27 or something like that. Uh, Just look at those covers. Oh. And the beautiful, beautiful covers. They're so good. Yeah. Fun times all around. Yep. Um, we're gearing up here for D&D Live as we've been talking about. Uh, if you want to find out any more information about that, again, that's dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019. Uh, but if you follow me on the Twitters, you'll probably hear me talking about it as well uh, as the official accounts on uh Wizards underscore DND on Twitter and uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the fun stuff. Uh, follow, follow those areas there for to join into the conversation and uh, watch us record these podcasts live on twitch.tv slash DND. Yes. And uh, there lots were, of content that you don't get to hear. That's right. In the actual the podcast. bonus material. Bonus. 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 And most of it's not, uh, you know. Not like maybe potty not, award worthy. <laughs> not potty award winning. No, uh, but you never know. Maybe it's streamy award winning. Definitely. Yeah, the streamies. <laughs> I think those actually are a real thing. The streamies. Yeah, mm. and the shorty shorty awards. Well, something like that. But we we go longy. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a no shorties a for us longy longies. outro here. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the the the, the Adobe. Um, 
won a Shorty Award for their participation in the uh, Terror of Undermountain promotion in which someone was able to design an amazing monster. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, and uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and Adobe won this uh, Shorty Award. Where can we see it? Um, finished product. I believe it's at Terror of Undermountain. Uh, com. I think it's got okay. its own URL address uh, where people can find it out. But if you just search for Adobe Terror Undermountain yeah. in the Googles, I'm sure you'll, it'll come up pretty uh, pretty high up there. That sounds awesome. Uh, but the monster is very awesome. good, very uh, disturbing looking. Uh, we had the winner like here. Like a puppet? <laughs> like a Like, like puppet? a really, like a giant puppet uh, oh. that was didn't have any eyes but was looking into Pelham's soul. <sighs> yeah. Creep-tastic. Wow, these. Yeah. The- so uh, that's it. That's all the fun stuff I wanted to talk about. We'll be talking more about D&D Live uh, in the next few weeks leading up to it, including having Deborah Ann Wall call yeah. into the show, which is going to be fantastic. Totally. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Much love. How do, do you, Why are you scratching at the ceiling? I don't know. I just saw it's, something up there that looks like I want to just pick at it. Drunky two-shoes. Like a scab. Get down. No. What, what is that? Oh.